Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. From today's reading from 1 Corinthians, For though I am free with respect to all, I have made myself a slave to all. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Several years ago, I went on pilgrimage to the Holy Land where I was able to visit the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem. According to tradition, this church was built over the spot of Jesus's birth. To enter, one must descend a very tight staircase, at the end of which is a very small door that is four feet tall and two feet wide. Often called the door of humility, one must physically bow down to enter this church. There is then another flight of steps one must descend to reach the spot where Jesus was born. Indeed, one cannot visit the Church of the Nativity without bodily reenacting the Christ hymn of Philippians 2, where Paul writes, Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though in the form of God, emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. In other words, the whole architecture of the church is meant to point to our belief that God, though perfectly free, manifested that freedom perfectly in God's choice to enter the small door, to descend and take the form of a servant. But of course, that's not the way our world tends to think about freedom. Because in the modern West, we see freedom as being tied to a life of rugged independence. Freedom, we say, is freedom from, from constraint, from obligation. And to be quite frank, freedom from having to serve. As Anthony Kennedy once said, at the heart of liberty is the right to define one's own concept of existence. In other words, we are free, or so we think, to the extent that we can do what we want and chart our own course and be our own boss and pursue our own path. Now, I don't deny that there is some kernel of truth found in this model of freedom, But I do think that today's reading from 1 Corinthians does raise a question as to whether freedom and independence can said to be synonymous. And by the way, what's at stake here is not philosophical. No, what's at stake is our happiness. Because at no point in human history have more people been more able to quote-unquote do our own thing and pursue our own dreams, and yet the evidence would suggest that depression, anxiety, and loneliness have all been on the rise for at least 50 years. 
And so in asking us to question the idea of freedom that we are literally sold by the culture in which we live, I'm not really trying to be philosophical or theological, but utterly pragmatic. Because again, what's at stake here is our happiness, or what the Bible might call the peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that is found only to the extent that we truly know what it's like to be free. And so perhaps an illustration, in the Newton household, we are currently reading The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe to Annie, one chapter every night, and we just finished the chapter where the white witch uses Turkish delight, a magical candy, to trick Edmund into betraying his siblings. You see, Edmund thought that freedom was about having as much of this candy as he wanted. But in reality, the more he ate, the sicker he felt, the stronger the witch's control over his life became, and the more he unwittingly betrayed the people he loved the most. And so I wonder, whenever we equate freedom with independence— does the same thing happen to us? I mean, how often do we find ourselves pursuing something we imagine will make us happen, something happy, something we think will set us free, only to find that we are under the witch's spell? I believe that St. Paul would have answered that question in two words, a lot. For though I am free with respect to all, he writes, I've made myself a slave to all. In other words, the sole reason Paul wrote this letter in the first place was to correct the Corinthians' mistaken belief that freedom could be found in independent self-indulgence. And whenever you read 1 Corinthians, this becomes very clear. We see theological quarreling in the Corinthian community. We see class prejudice, lawsuits, sexual immorality, and even people who chose to get drunk while at church. In other words, the Corinthians, they see freedom. They imagine freedom is the absence of restraint. And the whole reason Paul writes this letter is to tell them, no, you've got it all wrong. Freedom in Christ, he says, is not the absence of restraint. It is the presence of the right restraints. I'm going to say that again. Freedom is not the absence of restraint. Freedom is the presence of the right restraints. I read a story recently about a man in Tibet who was crossing a very steep mountain pass in the late 1800s with a guide, and seemingly out of nowhere, a very severe storm set in, and the two men knew that they needed to hustle if they were going to survive. They then stumbled upon the body of a traveler who they took to be dead, but Upon closer examination, this man was alive and in desperate need of medical attention. The man wanted to help, but the guide protested. He said that if they tried to save this man, 
that all three of them would perish. And that as sad as it was, they had to keep moving. But against his God's better judgment, the man was determined to help, even if he had to die trying. And so the guide raced ahead while the other man picked up the stranger and struggled to walk forward into impossibly treacherous conditions. A few hours passed and the two men were still alive and moving and they came within 300 yards of a nearby village. In other words, they made it. But whenever they looked down, they saw the frozen and dead body of the guide who had raced ahead in order to save himself. The men concluded that it was the body heat that their intense struggle produced that ultimately saved them, while the man who had wanted to save his own life is the one who ironically perished. I would submit that this illustration speaks to the paradox that is Christian freedom, namely that true freedom is always expressed as a choice to serve, and that each time we make this choice, our freedom, our peace, and even our abundant life that we are given in Christ, that all three of these grow. And so with that said, I want to say three very quick things about this liberty this freedom that Paul speaks of and how we might apply it to our lives. And so first, freedom begins with Jesus's choice to heal us. And we see this in today's gospel. Simon's mother-in-law has a fever and she is stuck in bed. But then Jesus comes and takes her by the hand and lifts her up. In other words, Jesus heals her and only then is she free to serve. And I would submit that this is exactly what Jesus Christ has done for each and every one of us by dying on a cross and saving us from our sins. And that Christian freedom is always grounded in the awareness that this is so. And then second, true freedom is always expressed as service. And in particular, a service that seeks to bless the people in our life with the grace of God. This, of course, is what Paul means when he says, to the Jews, I became a Jew. To the weak, I became weak. I have become all things to all people. This is the same mind that was in Christ Jesus, who, though in the form of God, emptied himself and took the form of a servant who could relate to other human beings. In other words, we meet people where they are. We enter their world with all of our heart and with fullness of love. And from that place of presence, we serve. And whenever we choose to serve, our freedom grows. And then finally, freedom is not about what we do. It's about how we do what we do. The truth is, it matters little what we do. You can be a mom or a priest or a CEO or retired or an attorney or a student or something else. As the song says, one was a doctor and one was a priest and one was slain by a fierce wild beast. 
the people of God, we do all sorts of different things. And that's okay, because freedom is not about what we do, but rather about how we do it. Because the truth is, whatever we do can be done with self-indulgence or in the freedom of one who knows that her life is meant to be an offering to the God who creates, saves, and sustains us at every moment. In his letter to the Galatians, Paul writes, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. In other words, the white witch's candy is tempting, he says. And it takes lots of courage to stay with our freezing brother when everything within us would scream, save yourself. But it is always a lack of freedom that compels us to look out only for our own interests. And so listen again to the words of St. Paul from today's epistle. For though I am free with respect to all, I have made myself a slave to all. And in making myself a servant, I know the mind of Christ, a mind that is loved, a mind that's at peace, and above all, a mind that is free. Amen.